So we're in a series called Changed, and we're talking about looking at the stories in Scripture that talk about lives that are forever changed when they meet Jesus. Makes sense leading up to Easter with that. I want you to be thinking about change in maybe a little bit of a different way. And to help with that, here's a glass of water. Now, we would all agree that we all need water, right? We we drink water every day. You're supposed to drink water every day. We cannot last very long without drinking water. It is a life necessity. It is essential to us living. Like breathing air is drinking water. We have to have it, right? So because it's so accessible, though, we usually don't imagine our life without it. Now, there are most certainly parts of the world that drinking water is not very accessible. But for us, where we live in our time, we know we need it, but we really don't think much about it because we can get it anytime we want. So just to get you thinking on the same page as me, I want you to begin to imagine your life if we took accessibility to water out of the picture. If you still need it, right, we we all need water, but now if you can't get to it, I want you to just let your mind go down that rabbit trail of what would be different in my life if I could not easily get to water? Like what would begin to change in your life? All of a sudden your priorities start to change. Things that you normally spend time doing, now you'll probably spend time trying to just find water. You weren't worried about water before, but all of a sudden now you're worried. So you take something that is obviously essential, an absolute necessity. And if you take it away, there's a word for that, desperation. All of a sudden, we become very desperate for that one thing we need. We used to be able to get to it, but if I take it away, desperation sets in. And desperation is basically, you have a need that you can't get to. There's something you need, but you can't have it. It could even be an extreme desire. You really want it, but you can't get to it. That causes us to get in a place that we would call desperation, being desperate. Now, most of us don't like describing our lives as desperate, but if we were to be truly honest with ourselves, we would recognize there are a lot of areas in our lives where we truly are desperate. Start to think through things that you need, but you don't have, Things that you want really, really bad, but you can't get. There are parts of our lives where we truly are desperate. Maybe you're desperate for that raise or that promotion that you really, truly would say, man, we need this moving forward. Maybe you're just desperate for a job. Maybe you're desperate to make your marriage work that feels like it's falling apart. Parents, if one word describes you as a parent, Nine times out of 10, it's the word desperation. Just trying to make sure my kids survive and don't kill anybody in the process. Desperation. Maybe you're desperate for your finances to look different. Maybe you're just desperate to make sense of the world that we live in. You're looking for answers. You're trying to figure out why are all these things happening. You're just desperate to make sense of it all. Maybe you're desperate for good news. You've had bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news, and you're just desperate for some good news. What are you desperate for? Every single one of us has areas of our lives where we could describe it as desperate. Something I need that I don't have. Something that I'm desperate for, but I can't seem to get to. Now, here's what tends to happen. Just knowing myself, knowing humanity, when we find ourselves in a desperate place, we tend to slide into despair. 
when we find ourselves in a desperate place, we tend to slide into despair. Despair could also be described as hopelessness, helplessness. Despair is when you say, why even bother? It's not going to do any good. Despair is when you stop moving forward. And what I want us to see this morning is there's some change that can happen that moves us on the opposite side of despair. In fact, 2 Corinthians gives a very interesting account from Paul as he's writing. Listen to how he describes his current situation. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. So he's going to say, here's the, the desperation we have been in. He says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. Now, we might use that phrase quite often. I'll never live through it. I'm never going to make it through this. And we don't mean that in a literal sense. We mean that figuratively. What Paul's talking about here is literal. They literally didn't think they were going to survive. He says, verse 9, In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, look, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God. Their desperation instead of allowing it to slide them into despair, it moved them forward to learn to rely on God. Why? Because he's the one who raises the dead. Verse 10, and he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. Oh, that we would learn to rely on him in the midst of our desperate moments, that we would lean in and put our confidence in him. That's the change we're going to see, and that's the change I'm praying for for us as well. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you recognizing where our confidence should be, where our dependence should be, and that's on you and only you. So as we go through a story this morning where you have changed a life, may we see that life in us as well the desperation we're going to read about, may we personalize it. And would you bring to mind the areas of our lives where we are truly desperate? And may our desperation move us towards you. May our desperation cause us to rely on you. Speak, Lord, for we are listening in your name. Amen. So the story we're going to look at is in Mark chapter 5. Mark 5 is early on in Jesus' ministry. He's traveling around. In fact, if you want to get more of the context, I highly recommend it. Read earlier of what we're going to read. Read all of Mark chapter 5. And you're going to see that as Jesus is in a massive crowd, there's an individual, a really important individual, who taps Jesus on the shoulder and says, hey, I really need some help. I need you to come with me. So in this scene, the story we're going to pick it up in, Jesus is on his way to do something very important at a very important person's house. And then Jesus gets interrupted. Here's the story. Notice the desperation and the change that takes place. Verse 25 out of Matthew 5. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Could we all agree that desperation would describe this woman and her situation? Give me a nod. Give me a thumbs up online. Yes. The word suffered is used twice. It says she has been suffering. She had suffered for 12 years and nothing had changed for the better. In fact, it had actually gotten worse. 
She had nothing left. She had spent all of her money, all of her resources on all of these other doctors. There's no other choice and nothing's worked. She had a need that wasn't met. She needed something that she didn't have. And she's in a very desperate place. Notice what that desperate place causes her to do. In fact, she had gotten worse, verse 27. She had heard about Jesus, though. And so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Verse 28, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him. So he turned around in the crowd, I love this, turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Okay, let's give a little context again. Put yourself in this scene. Jesus is slammed with people around him, truly pressing on every side, and he's himself kind of working through the crowd. And then this woman fights through the crowd. Jesus doesn't see her. She doesn't call out to him. She just fights through the crowd, finally gets a hand, touches his robe. She's healed. He recognizes it, and he stops. This massive group of people all pressing and pushing and shoving. Jesus stops and says, who touched me? And you would imagine like everybody's like, are you kidding me? You, why would you ask that? Which is exactly what the disciples do. Look what happens next. His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you, Jesus. How can you ask who touched me? How can you possibly ask? Jesus, everybody's touching everybody right now. I'm touching you, you're touching me, they're touching all of us. How can you stop and ask, who touched me? Oh, but he didn't stop. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, remember this part, we're going to come back to it. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. An incredible story of change. And on the surface, we see the miracle that took place, the miracle of healing. And most certainly, that's a massive part of the story. I don't want to take away from it. But I want us to look at maybe the other side of change that took place as well. See, it wasn't just the change of this woman's physical body. There's also change happening in her heart. This whole thing started because of her desperate situation that she was in a desperate place and there's no other options, there's no other fix. She's tried everything else and nothing has worked. She has nothing left. She is desperate. But she doesn't slide into despair, does she? No, in fact, she moves forward and her desperation, don't miss this, her desperation moves her, her to determination. Being desperate caused her to move towards Jesus. Verse 27, if you go back and look, she says this. Said she had heard about Jesus, probably heard of his reputation, heard what he had been teaching. More importantly, she had heard of what he had done. She had heard of the miracles and people being healed. And she said, maybe that can happen for me too. So she heard about Jesus and she came up behind him through the crowd. She fought through the crowd. That takes determination. See, despair is very easy. Despair throws your hands up and says, ah, nothing's going to work. I've tried everything. I can't do anything else. And even though that might be true, like, yes, she couldn't heal herself, she could still go to the one who could. 
Despair holds us back, but she moved forward with determination and even courage. Because you think of the fear that had to have been going through her mind. The fear of, well, what if this doesn't work? What if Jesus won't see me? What, what if he condemns me? Because you also have to understand some cultural boundaries in place at this time. Not only was she a woman getting ready to go see a rabbi, she was also considered unclean because of her terrible condition. And there's no way anybody in her situation would ever have been allowed to touch a rabbi, culturally speaking. Oh, but if we know anything about Jesus, he loves to break down every cultural boundary there is. So here this woman, fearful, afraid in so many ways, overcame her fear, pushed through it with determination to get to Jesus. She would not stop at anything. She fought through the crowd. Imagine what it would have been like trying to get to Jesus with so many people around, everybody else wanting to see him as well, and you refuse to stop, that there's nothing that could keep you from getting to Jesus. So she fights through the crowd. She moved past and overcame her fears. Sure, it would have been a lot, of, a lot more convenient to just stay home. She fought through the inconvenience and refused to not see Jesus. She fought through the crowd to do whatever it took to get to Jesus. Then that determination, it shifted and became dependence. So she, she heard of Jesus and she fought through the crowd to get to Jesus. But then verse 28, she says, or thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. That's dependence, that's faith, that's trust. Where it's not just, I'm going to get to Jesus, it's I'm going to get to Jesus because I know what he can do for me. It's I'm not going to stop at anything to get to Jesus, determination, but dependence says, but I have to because no one else can do anything except Jesus. This isn't something I can do on my own. This isn't something that anybody else can take care of. Only Jesus can do this. And I have to get to him no matter what. So her desperation drove her to a place of determination. I will stop at nothing to get to Jesus. I will fight to get to Jesus because I'm dependent on him, because I rely on him. It's what we read out of 2 Corinthians from Paul. It's I've learned to rely on him, that my confidence is in him. That's faith. So I hope in our desperation, we would learn from her story and her story of change. That desperation should, and man, I, I hope and I pray this over you, that, that our desperation should drive us to depend on Jesus rather than despair at life. That any time, any moment, and if we were to open our eyes wide enough, we would see that we are daily living through desperation on some level. And that our desperation would drive us closer to Jesus, would drive us to depend on Jesus instead of just, well, can't do anything about that. That's just life. It's the card you've been dealt. No, but it would drive us to him. I've shared this before. It's the idea of heels and toes. Heels versus toes. You can't walk forward very well on your heels, can you? No, heels are made for backing up. You can go backwards really, really well on your heels. But if you want to move forward, you have to be on your toes moving forward. And that's what we see with this woman. Because of where she was at and the desperation she had, despair would have said, ah, I just got to go back home. There's nothing worth it. I can't, right? That's despair. That's on your heels. But instead she had determination and she moved forward to get to Jesus. And I pray you'll be on your toes. 
That whatever you're going through in life, every day, doesn't even have to be when things are going bad. We have moments of desperation, even when things are going well. And instead of being on our heels, backing up, can we be on our toes and allow every day to move us closer to Jesus? May your desperation drive you, push you, move you to depend on Jesus rather than just throwing your hands up and saying, well, that's just life. But may it move us towards him. Did you get your clothespin when you walked in today? If you're on site, hopefully you got a clothespin. If not, you can get one on your way out. I'm going to have you do something with these clothespins. So get your clothespins out. If you've got a clothespin at home, go get it. Middle schoolers and high schoolers in the room, please take them off your nose, and we're going to do something with them. Some of you adults, dads, take them off your ear. I've been watching you the entire service with that thing on your ear. No, I'm just kidding. All right, for some of you. All right, here's what I'm going to have you do, and I'll explain why a clothespin here in just a second. But let me tell you what I want you to do, then I'll explain why. So get a pen. You have pens in your seats as well. On one side of the clothespin, I want you to write the word determination. Determination. I promise it fits. I tested it. It's right there. Determination on one side of the clothespin. Determination. On the other side, write dependence. Determination on one side, dependence on the other. Determination and dependence. Here's why that's important, and here's why I chose a clothespin. A clothespin is kind of a simple invention, and it really has one purpose. All it does is cling to something, right? doesn't matter what it is. Clothes, obviously, if uh, you, you hold it for papers, it just holds things on there, right? It clings to something. In our house, for some reason, kids never know how to put the chips back in the pantry, so chips are always open. So these are chip clips in our house. They're not clothespins, they're chip clips, because they keep everything closed. It holds tightly to something. It clings to something. So clothespin, if we want to wake up every single day, and I pray we do, that we want to be closer to Jesus, that we want to hold tightly to him, and we want to cling to him, I think these two aspects are vital in us doing so. Determination and dependence. So I would encourage you, like, clip this somewhere where you will see it daily, and it help be a reminder. If I'm going to hold tightly to Jesus, it's going to require determination. It's also going to require dependence. Now, the other thing that I think we do pretty regularly is we tell ourselves a lot of stuff throughout the day. Like, we're just constantly kind of talking to ourselves and telling us things. Some of them might be true. Some of them might not be true. So I want to suggest two daily declarations for you to say, and this clothespin will be a reminder for you. Two daily declarations. There should be a lot more than that. I'm not saying these are the only two things you should tell yourself, but I think these are definitely two that should be told to yourself daily. Here's the first one. And it has to do with determination. Daily declaration number one, I am determined to get closer to Jesus today. I am determined to get closer to Jesus today. How different would your life look if you made that declaration before your feet hit the ground in the morning, before you got out of bed, the alarm went off and you told yourself, today, I am determined, I will get closer to Jesus today, no matter what. Because there's so many things and so many other people that are constantly fighting for you. So many things are fighting for your attention and your energy and your money and your resources, your efforts, your time. You are a hot commodity that a lot of people are asking for, and it's trying to steal that attention away. And so here you have to fight for your relationship with Jesus. Just like the woman fought through the crowd and said, I will stop at nothing to get to Jesus. What if we started our day with that? 
No matter what, I will make sure that I have time with Jesus today. That no matter what, I'm not gonna let my schedule, my busyness, or my tiredness get in the way of me spending five minutes in his word. How different would your life look? What if you were determined in your prayer life that I'm gonna bring everything that I need before the Lord, that I'm gonna be an open book to him. He already knows it, but he also wants to hear from me. That no matter what, no matter my past, no matter my guilt, no matter my shame, no matter my insecurities, I'm going to bring everything I am to the Lord through prayer. Every day, nothing's going to keep me from that. How different would our lives look if we fought and were determined to put him first? Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, he says this as he's summing up And this is part of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. But towards the end of this, he sums it up in verse 33. He says, seek the kingdom of God, look at this, above all else. Or if you grew up in church, you might have heard it, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. He'll give you everything you need. But we have a responsibility, though to fight for him in our lives, to not, allow him, to not allow other things to push him out. Your heart is being fought over right now. Who are you fighting for to win your heart? Seek the kingdom of God. And then that phrase, above all else, that's a big statement. Above all things, above anything else that we seek him First, daily declaration number one. I am determined, I will be determined to grow closer with Jesus today. And I won't let anything stop me or get in my way. So that's the first part of the clothespin, the the determination. Let's flip it over and you've got the dependence side of it, to holding close to Jesus. Here's daily declaration number two that deals with dependence says this, I will depend on Jesus. I will depend, I will rely on Jesus to do what I could never do on my own. See, so often, in fact, we spend a good chunk of our lives trying to gain independence, don't we? We train our kids, we raise our kids to be more independent. And then we hear from scripture, we hear from God that we're actually to be more dependent on him, to have faith in him, to trust in him, to rely more on him. That's difficult and different, isn't it? But to say, I will depend on Jesus to do what I could never do. That's what this woman did. With determination, she fought to get to Jesus. But then with dependence, she said, only Jesus can do this. I hear this word so often. I hear it from myself. I hear it from people all around. I got this. I'm on it. I can take care of this. Again, we fight oftentimes for our independence and we think we can take care of it, but we can't. And to get to a place where we are utterly dependent on Jesus, that's a good place to be. And oftentimes, difficult moment, ready? Oftentimes, it's our desperation that teaches us that we need to be dependent. And we really wish, man, God, you would just take care of all this and I would never have to live a desperate moment in my life. But can we agree that sometimes our suffering and our desperation actually leads us to a place like 2 Corinthians told us where we learn to be dependent on him. 
because we cannot do this on our own. I'm going to say a phrase, and my intent is not to upset you, so hear me out and hear this in context. Another phrase I hear quite a bit, and I understand the sentiment behind it, and I'm not saying I totally disagree with the sentiment, but on some level I do. The phrase, you're enough. The phrase, I'm enough, or I'm good enough. We're not. If I'm good enough, then I don't need a savior. If I'm enough, I don't need a king or lord in my life. I don't want to raise my kids where they think they are enough. Because they're not. Now, yes, do I love them no matter what? Absolutely. Like I said, there's parts of that phrase that I will agree with. But at the very root of it, I can't agree with it. Because I'm not enough, and they're not enough, which is why we need Jesus in our lives. I need to depend on him to get me through my every day. We have to rely on him in every way. John chapter 15, Jesus' words again speaks to this. John 15, listen to this, verse 4. Jesus says this, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Verse 5, he sums it up. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Look, for apart from me, you can do, what's it say? Nothing. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's not something. It's not some things. It's nothing. Oh, I wish we would hold on to that and believe that, that apart from Jesus, we truly can do nothing. Yet so often we say, no, 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 I got this. No, I can take care of this. I'm telling you, you can't. Even with all the determination in the world, if you're lacking dependence, you're still not there. You're a half of a clothespin, which isn't very helpful. (laughs) Determination but also gets you to a place of complete dependence. Jesus uses this great analogy, this illustration of, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, which makes sense, right? As long as, as long as the branches are connected to the vine, well, they can produce fruit, right? The branches are dependent on the vine. Do you know what we call a branch that is separated from the vine? What do we call that? You guys are very smart. That's right. It's a stick. Sticks are really not worth much. (laughs) They don't do anything, right? And and it doesn't matter how hard this stick tries to produce fruit or leaves. It cannot and will not. It's absolutely useless. It can do nothing. Yet we spend so much of our lives trying to make this stick bear fruit, to use Jesus' words. And it's not going to happen. The moment we sever the branch from the vine, its source of life, this stick becomes just that, a dead branch or stick. Can I just plead with you to stay connected to the source of life, to be in him and allow him to be in you? See, Jesus is not just an add-on to our lives. It's not a, well, I'm doing my own thing, and I'm just going to add Jesus. Now, you can add whatever you want to that stick. It's still a stick. No, we connect to Jesus. We stay rooted in him, completely dependent 
and reliant on him. So our determination gets us to Jesus, that we put him first and we fight for our relationship with him and we push other things away so that we can be with him, that every day we're growing closer to him, but then we are dependent on him, that we learn to rely on him and we put our full confidence in him. And we recognize, we don't just say it, we recognize and believe it, that apart from him, we can do, last time, nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's, a, that's what this woman realized. From her desperation, she grew determined. And from her determination, she recognized her utter dependence on Jesus. And I pray we would be in the same place. That our desperation would drive us to depend on Jesus. If you go to the last part, I told you not to forget the last thing that Jesus said to this woman. Verse 34, notice when she got to Jesus, how he responded to her. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. First of all, he called her daughter. It was very personal. He said, let me be clear, your faith has healed you. I think he wanted to be clear that it wasn't my robe. There's nothing special about my robe. Stop fighting over my clothes. (laughs) He says, no, it's your faith, your dependence on me that made you well. And then he pointed to something that had nothing to do with her physical health, but had to do with her heart. He said, go in peace. And for me personally, I think that's the biggest change of this story. This woman didn't have peace for much of her life. And because she met Jesus, she now had peace. You know that word peace, irene, the Greek word irene, it actually means the wholeness of God. So she walked into Jesus' presence broken, according to the culture and religion of the day, unclean. And Jesus said, you're whole. You're mine, daughter. Don't miss the exchange that just happened here. Where this woman brought Jesus her problems, her sins, her her uncleanliness. And Jesus gave her peace and made her whole. Guys, that's the gospel. That's the greatest news you'll ever hear. Is that we get the better end of the deal in that exchange. And it needs to come from a place of being desperate for him. Every day. May we recognize our desperation. And may we move with determination. To fully depend on Jesus. Every day. We're going to end a little bit different. If you've been part of our church or any church, you're like, ooh, fourth song's coming up. Not today. <laughs> We're going to do something a little different. I'm going to put up on the screen the, um, what you might know as the Lord's Prayer. We read it with me? Let's say this all together. You can read it right here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do you know what that's a prayer of? That's a prayer of desperation. Let me explain it real quick. Our Father in heaven, we go to our dad when we need what we don't have. We go to dad. Hallowed be your name. You are holy. You are supreme. You are almighty God, ruler of everything and everyone, creator of the universe. 
Look at this. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Not mine, but yours. You know what's best, I don't. Give us today our daily bread because Jesus, if you don't give it to me, I don't have it. And I need it every single day. Forgive, forgive us our debts. I'm a sinner, I make mistakes daily and constantly and I need a savior to forgive me. I cannot do it on my own. But I have a responsibility in this life as well and that's to forgive as you've forgiven me, Jesus. So the compassion you've given me, the love that you've given me, the forgiveness you've given me, guess what? I get to spend my life trying to model that to other people. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In other words, I cannot fathom walking a day of my life without you. So lead me, guide me every step of the way. At home or here in the room, if you'll close your eyes, I want to give you a minute to just, um, it might be one of these two words for you, either reflect, but for some of you, it's going to be more of a wrestling match. That's okay. We threw around two words quite a bit, determination and dependence. So I want you to reflect or maybe even wrestle on those two words a little bit and in this way. Determination, what do you need to be a little bit more determined in? Or do you need to fight a little bit more for you and Jesus? There's a lot of other things and people fighting for you and your heart. What do you need to be a little bit more determined in to be with him, to be in his word, to talk with him through prayer, to spend time with him? to be with other people, to make it part of your daily conversation? Where do you need to grow in determination? Think about dependence. Where are you doing it on your own? Where are you saying, I've got it, when you really don't? Where are you trying to do something when in fact Jesus tells us apart from him we can do nothing? Where do you need to grow a little bit more reliant, a little bit more trusting? Where does your faith need to grow? Because without dependence, determination doesn't get you very far. At the end of the day, we have to be with him. He tells us in John 15 that anyone who is in him, he will be in them. If you've been apart from Jesus, can I encourage you to come back? Unlike the stick that I cut off my tree, I can't attach that. But in our relationship with Jesus, we most certainly can come back to him. And he welcomes us with open arms. Jesus, we come before you and we thank you so much for the love that you have for us, the grace that you constantly give us. And I pray that our eyes would be open to see the desperation that we're currently walking through in our own lives. And may our desperation drive us to dependence on you. May we be determined in our relationship with you and fight to be with you and recognize that we need you more than anything or anyone else. We need you more than air. We need you more than water. We need you every single day. So help us to grow with you in our determination and our dependence. In Jesus' name, amen.